Welcome to Real Estate Investing Unscripted, a podcast from Fund That Flip, where we explore some of the most creative, innovative, and inspiring stories from the real estate investor community. With expert tips and success stories you won't hear anywhere else, you'll come away with inspiration on how to improvise in the unscripted world that is real estate investing so that you can dominate your next real estate deal. Now your host, founder and CEO of Fund That Flip, Matt Rodak. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Real Estate Investing Unscripted. I'm your host, Matt Rodak, founder and CEO of Fund That Flip. And I'm super excited about our guest, Pili Yarusi, co-founder of Yarusi Holdings, which is a real estate investment firm based in New Jersey that turns old, rundown properties into amazing homes with heart. And I love that. That's your guys' mission. Amazing homes with heart. So she's also a, a host of a REI Foundation podcast, which we'll be talking about. And uh, most importantly, I would say is, is she's also a mother of three um, and just welcome <laughs> a, a third. So welcome to the show, Peely. Hi, Matt. And thank you for having me on. I'm so grateful. Yes, yes. Thanks for taking the time. So I want to I want to jump right into it. I, I think you have a very interesting story. You're originally from Hawaii, moved to California, eventually made your way out east to New York. Um, I think, you know, from your bio, I've done everything from managing restaurants and bars to even owned a berry farm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've kind of done everything. Yeah. So it's an interesting <laughs> journey. Tell us tell us a little bit more about how how you kind of uh, made it from the all the way out west to, to the east coast and got into the real estate game. So from Hawaii to New York, I thought I was going to do Shakespeare for the rest of my life and <laughs> managing restaurants um, and just kind of fast forward. That's how I met my uh, husband and partner, Jason Yarusi. Um, we, uh, we decided to get into real estate in uh, 2013 and uh, we had just gotten pregnant with our first, uh, our first son, our first, uh, child Luke. And I didn't want to go back to the restaurant industry and neither did Jason. So, um, in 2012, um, hurricane Sandy had hit New Jersey and, um, we have a, Jason's family is 50 years in, um, heavy construction, um, mainly lifting homes. So his family has been in construction for many, many years. And Jason's been helping out with the company, um, basically his entire life. So in 2012, 2013, he had actually come in and started making that his main business. He got, he got involved with his, um, his dad and brought his brother on. So it, this family company became huge in Jason's life and I became a part of it too. I started help, helping them answer phones. And one day Jason and his father sit me down and they're like, we're thinking about getting into real estate. And I was like, Oh, you know, I've, you know, I've thought about it, but it's not something that was ever really in my wheelhouse. Cause you know, it's one of those things that if you don't, if you don't hear about it, if you don't think about it, it's not, it doesn't like, kind of slap you in the face mm -hmm. because you know hawaii re hawaii real estate it's really expensive so i always like hoped to own something in hawaii one day but it was never something that i thought i was going to get into so they're like well you know you're doing awesome with the family business but why have you ever thought about getting your real estate license i was like okay well that might be an idea. So here I am in my first trimester, I get my real estate license and, um, we start going and this is, uh, 
we basically used the premise of our our construction company because it's what we knew. We knew how to lift homes, so we could get into these into these flooded homes that needed help um, for a really good price because we could lift it ourselves. So that's the first thing we did. So I think about this, like most first time investors will usually wholesale or do like a quick flip. No, we decided to actually pick, pick up a, uh, a Cape Cod in Union Beach, <laughs> New Jersey, um, in the flood zone. So there's that too. We lifted it once, we lifted it again, and we not only flipped the floor plan of this home, which means the house we lifted, all the kitchen, all the appliances were on the top floor. So we had to now create another first floor, put the kitchen and all the accoutrements there, and then we also put in a garage. So you'll hear a lot of people will pop the top of a house and create value and create more square footage that way. We actually do the opposite. So that's what we did for our first few, and it was it almost exploded in our face because we didn't have the systems in place to really take, I mean, we could do the construction. We didn't have the systems in place for the flip side. So after doing three of those, we decided to, uh, to do two things. We stopped doing them for a little while and we finally got mentors got systems in place and started doing easier flips and we started wholesaling. So that was about a year ago. And then a couple of months ago, actually probably like a half a year ago, we started doing, and now we call them lift and flips. So we started doing our lift and flips again. And actually we, uh, we actually brought you on as our, as our, uh, as our um, hard money lender. Um, and we're almost, we're almost done with um, our first one. Um, coming back from uh, from stopping that, so we're we're we've come full circle with this, so which you, is really really nice. So you guys went you guys went all in with probably one of the most sophisticated, difficult strategies to <laughs> to tackle with actually lifting a house up. Um, yes. And if you guys haven't seen this before, and in, in um, Jason's Jason's pretty active on Facebook, and I know he posted a video a couple weeks back of like you guys lifting this huge like. <laughs> condo or townhouse building up like for it many- was a i think it was like a six unit town home yeah it was, it was like yeah. twenty seven thousand tons or something yeah. ridiculous or something like that i was like this is this is crazy it was really the video is really cool to see though <laughs> <laughs> um, if you guys want to see it it's on a uh, com. that's our construction company okay definitely check it out it's it's impressive to say yeah. the least um, it's pretty crazy. So you you guys must have learned a lot about the first three, and it sounds like one of the things you learned was like, oh man, like it's more than just lifting a house. You've got to figure out um, <laughs> how to lay it out right, how to manage a bunch of subs. Like, what, what were the, some of the learnings that I guess you guys maybe learned the hard way that caused you to to pause and um, reevaluate the the strategy? Well, again, it was what like these were our first things that we were doing. We didn't really have systems in place. We we had mentors. We were on bigger pockets, but we didn't have the concrete systems to tell us. You know, the best thing to do when you're doing flips is not to take the HGTV mentality. Not that there's anything wrong with them, but they're always doing something new in every house. It's all pretty and nice and beautiful. Now, what you want to do? What, what what was the first things we learned was to 
put together a skew sheet and do the same thing for every single house. Like choose the same house every time you do it and do the same thing to it. And that's what we did with our, we started doing with our smaller flips or more just, um, you know, putting lipstick on a pig type of deal. So we put together these skew sheets where, and that was key to really ramping up everything. Cause once we knew we had a system, we went in and did it. We could scale from there without a system. You can't scale. And then we also learned that to depend on other people with the first couple of flips, because we had a construction company, we just used our construction company for everything. And you think that would be a way to save money, but it really wasn't because as a construction company, we do have the other homes that we're flipping. And we, you know, at any time we have 20 to 30 homes up. That means we actually have them lifted and foundations need to be put under them. So having our construction company spend all their time on our flips and like having guys that know how to do heavy construction that other people don't know how to do, we shouldn't have them like making a sidewalk or, or putting tile up or doing things that we could actually have subs do. So we learned the value of, of leveraging people and that's, that's huge. That's a, I mean, it gets to the point where you can't, you can't swing the hammer. Like I would go in and try to do like these things I shouldn't be doing just for the sake of saving money. Whereas I would do them wrong and then we'd have to go and fix it anyway. Yep. Yep. It's all about like finding your highest and best use, right? Like where, where where do you make, you make your, you make your money finding properties, not exactly putting tile up, right? No. That's not where I make my money. That's not the best use of my time. So really like we learned how to leverage people and, and don't forget the power of partnership. Um, Like Jason and I have an incredible partnership as husband and wife, as, as a mother and father and as partners Um, find. And I know a lot of, a lot of your listeners out there are kind of doing it, you know, quote on their own, but you're not really. Find those people that you can create partnerships with. And I'm not sharing, I'm not saying that you're going to like JV on everything that you do, or you're not going to uh, actually partner up with somebody, but make partnerships with your hard money lender, make partnerships with your, with your, with brokers in your neighborhood, make partnerships with, with your local plumber, like, and consider those partnerships because you want to create relationships with these people because these people will feed your company as you feed them. Right. Right. It's all, it's all about aligned incentives, right? Like the, the, and I think you, you talk a a lot about on, on your podcast, the abundance mentality, right? There's, there's, there's plenty out there for everyone. Plenty. Um, you know, let's find, let's find good ways to, to keep people aligned and everybody wins. So, so you, you got, you, you're doing things that I think is interesting, um, on a number of different fronts. I love the, I love the, the raise and flip strategy. Cause I think it gives you access to inventory that other people would be terrified to take. And as we yes. know, kind of in this market, <laughs> like being on the buy side is, is, is getting more and more difficult to find good property. So I, I love that strategy. Cause you're probably playing in a space that very few other people will play in. 
Um, I want to talk a little bit about, and you, you mentioned partnerships with your husband and, and there's a family business dynamic to yes. you know, even just beyond, you know, your husband and you guys have three kids. Talk a little bit about how you guys balance that uh, with the family and, and have defined boundaries and what you've learned over the years working together of, of how to stay sane, I would say, maybe. That's a, that's a good question. Sometimes I don't know how we do it. <laughs> but to, uh, that doesn't help any of your listeners if I say I don't know. So when Jason and I get it right, and you know, more than often we do get it right, um, it's because we communicate. And we found that anytime we get it wrong, it's because there's been a lack of communication um, so really, no matter who you're partnering with, whether it's your plumber or your your assistant or your hard money lender or your husband or wife or significant other, communication is key. And I know that that sounds like, you know, off a Hallmark card and you hear everybody say it, but it's true. If you don't communicate with your partner there's he can't he or she can't read your mind he doesn't he or she doesn't know that this is what you want to do so from the very get-go make sure your values align because if your values don't align like if if say one partner is only in it for the money and the other partner is is in it to like help people or or like talk talk to like your like create a model for your company. Talk about, talk about like the things that you, that you value. And if your values don't align, you obviously shouldn't be partnering up in this kind of factor because you're doing something that most people, when they, when most people purchase a home, it's the biggest investment that they're ever going to make. And they only do it maybe if ever, maybe once or twice in their lifetime. Now you're doing something where you're going to be purchasing multiple properties, multiple times, hopefully in the hundreds of properties, but that you're, you're working with, you're going to be working with not only your money, but other people's money. So you want to make sure you have a good, a good base of communication with the people that you work with. Yep. So I kind of feel like I went on a tangent. So like with the life work, um, balance, Again, communication. Jason and I know that our family comes first, no matter what. But we also know that our business feeds our family. So when it comes down to it, Jason and I have talked about this. If something happens with the family, I automatically go there. So does he, but not at the expense of like our business just failing. Um so he always has his hand on the pulse of our business and I always have my hand on the pulse of our family just to make sure the two are level with each other, if that makes sense. Totally. There's there's a lot in there and a lot of it like we agree with. Like part of it too is like, you know, we we've seen this when you're running a startup, like we may hire you as a financial analyst, right? And your your core focus is around that core function. But it also I mean like Hey, we need you to go over here and respond to an investor's question. It doesn't necessarily fall into your bucket, but like you can kind of do it and go there, but always understanding like your North star is back to this certain exactly. type of thing, right? So any type of partnership 
defining like for you it sounds like family is the priority business is for jason but there's overlap there right depending on what exactly. the priorities are and, and being flexible to do that exactly and, cool. and we and we definitely help each other out in every single aspect of our lives so that's sort of how we stay sane especially after having our third child <laughs> yes I, and also I, also don't don't be afraid to ask for help if you need it ask for it <laughs> yes yes and, and the communication thing i think is big too and there's there's two sides of that i found like i don't know if you, you agree with this or not but like some people are really good at only communicating the bad news because they want to yeah. like like get help with it other people are are always only really good at communicating the good news and like have a hard time communicating about bad news. Yes. And I think finding the right balance is important, right? Cuz if you're always the person that's bringing the bad news, like people start like not wanting to talk to you. Exactly. <laughs> um, but if you're the person that's always bringing the good news and you don't address the bad things, they eventually pile up and and explode on you. So, um finding the right balance and and more importantly just telling the news, whatever it is, good or yes. bad, I think is is what what creates wins. And I know I um, have a have trouble with this. I have trouble with those wins. I have trouble with celebrating the wins, taking the time to be like, "Wow, I I accomplished that," and taking yep. the moment and like being like, "Okay, great, I did that. Yay, yay us, yay me." Okay, right now, I can move on. Right. There's so many times when it's just like, especially with especially with high level, uh, entrepreneurs, it's like, what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next. And to- totally. you have to take the time to be, to breathe it in and say, great, I accomplished that. Or even, or even maybe I didn't accomplish that. Why didn't that happen? Like, don't just, don't just be a bulldog and like, go head first all the time, step back and take a look at everything and say, what needs fixing? What can I celebrate? And then move on from there. Totally, totally agree. I also like to say, have a short memory on both good things and bad, right? Like, <laughs> yes. like, like, don't like dwell. <laughs> f- follow the trend lines, but, uh, you know, don't get too, too caught up in the highs or the lows. And it tends to, no. tends to be more sustainable that way. <laughs> exactly. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit. As you know, kind of the theme of the show here is is real estate investing unscripted. We like to talk about um, a story or two that you guys have experienced that, despite all the mentors you have and the books you've read and the podcasts you've been on and, and hosted, something's happened to you um, or to a project that you couldn't have predicted. Talk us through that story, what you learned from it, you know, and any lessons that that the listeners here can can glean from something like that. Uh, where do I start and which story do you want? It's, it's, it's usually like harder to pick the one than it is to come up with the one (laughs) if you've been in the business long enough. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm actually going to, uh, pick the one that we're currently, we're currently working on now because this is something we actually picked up. Uh, we've had it on our, on our, uh, on basically our wall for about a year and a half. And you all out there know that that's too long to be holding on to a property. So this property, we've just, we bought it and I feel like we bought it right. Jason, Jason feels differently, but we, we, we bought it right. The numbers worked barely, but they worked at the time. 
Um, and we bought this in, uh, I would say like an A minus town. I wanted to test this town to see if our raisin flip, which we call our raisin flip, the way uh, we do things, uh, worked in this town. See, even my, uh, I can't even speak English right now. I, <laughs> the I, strategy I, maybe I, is the word you're I'm looking like, for. I'm like shaking thinking about this property. <laughs> so we bought it right. <laughs> um, the numbers worked. We actually bought it almost close to retail because what we were going to do to it and the things that I thought we were going to be able to do to it was to like basically like more than double the square footage and create this beautiful home in a town where beautiful homes were being created almost every day and taken off market almost every day and bought and sold. And we were going to do fine. And, you know, we we're going to make a good amount of profit on this. Um, so we picked it up and we started working on it. And from almost day one, we had so much trouble with the town. What we didn't know was, and this is for your listeners out there. When you start working in a new town, make sure you know what you're getting into. Um, we didn't realize that not, and we've heard as we started going into this project, we heard similar stories from other investors that this town, that this particular town is really hard to work with. Their, their inspectors are hard to work with the township. Just they, they'll kind of, they, they had told me that I could do one thing, but because I didn't have it in writing, when they went back, when when Jason went back, and when our assistants went back, they told us a totally different story. So it basically took us over a year to get out of permitting with Oof. this town, um, and a lot of it had to do with what we didn't know. Apparently, the lot size of the lot that we had picked up was a little bit too small to do exactly what we wanted to do. So we went back and forth with the town, fighting the town on, you know, this thing and that thing and going to meetings and doing all these things that we didn't realize we were going to have to get into. And on top of that, we, we still had our construction company. We still had our other flips going. Um, we haven't even gotten into this, but Jason and I are also into large multifamily. So we have other things going on, not just our flip company. So again, maybe we could have spent a little bit more time on it at the front end, but Again, you don't know what you don't know. And after a year of fighting with the town, we finally got the demo permit and got basically the right to build on this prop, build this property again. But after everything was done, said and done, the home, we are doubling the square footage, which is a lot less than what we wanted to do. So we can't get the price point that we wanted to get on it. And probably for the first time ever, and this is saying something, but for the first time ever, we might lose money on this property. Your first, your first loss. That's might why it's stinging so loss. much. So this is, this is really stinging because we, we've actually like, and a lot, I know a lot of your listeners out there will be like, this is their first one, first yeah, right. loss. <laughs> we've had all these losses, blah, blah, blah. You learn from them. And we say that a lot in our podcast too, that all your failures, think of them as lessons learned. So this is a huge lesson learned for, for us is we're really, really, really conservative. Now, if we go into a new market, even if we think we know it, we we're still like, ah, you know what? 
we don't know this market and let's say it's on, it has an oil tank. Normally an oil tank doesn't, doesn't bother us, but you know, new town oil tank and the house needs a little bit more work than we're, than we want to. So we're, we usually like let go of that house. So we've become really, really conservative when it, when it comes to, um, to new areas. And we really like to like, this is why networking helps because after we had bought this project and as we were talking to other investors in this neighborhood, they're like, yeah, we don't, we don't work in that town anymore. Yeah. They, they like the people that they like and you know, whatever that's up to them. That's cool. But you know, it was really, really hard to kind of swallow that for a little bit, but it's going to be a beautiful house. I can't wait for it to go up. Um, and we learned, we just, I mean, you just kind of got to dust off your shoes and wash Chuck, your hands of it and chalk it up to the learning column, learn something yeah. from it and, uh, realize that, that, you know, the, the, the pride and ego thing may actually be more painful than the money loss, but exactly. if hopefully you can, you can offset that with, uh, a good lesson learned. So we, we, you think you'll do any more projects in that town or are you guys just done? We actually, we actually did pick up another project in this town, but it's a project that we do not have to go to the town for. Got it. So we can either do one of two things with this project. We can actually um, either go in and renovate the inside and not don't change anything. So we don't have to talk to the town about it. Um, and, or we're going to wholesale it. And right now I think we're, we're about to wholesale it. So so we'll still work quick. just as long as we don't have to talk to anybody in the town. Yeah, got <laughs> it. Lesson lesson learned. Well, fingers crossed for you that maybe <laughs> maybe you can still break even on it. We're still in a an up market in some of these markets, so maybe exactly. you'll get a better price than you expect on the back end, right? <laughs> and then, I mean, it just goes to show you, like, even though like this is like a type of thing we do and do well, which is lift houses, which we ended up not being able to lift this house. We actually had to pop the top off of it. Something we that's that's in our wheelhouse, but not really. Yep. Um, even though the, like I said, the numbers worked at that, we weren't be, we weren't able to do what we know how to do. So it's just, you know, sometimes you go into a project with the best intentions and it somewhat blows up in your face. Expect that. Yep. And then move on, move on. It's all you can do. Like we said, short memories, right? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Good story. Appreciate you sharing. So let's, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. You mentioned that, uh, and I think you guys kind of have two different, two different types of podcasts. Talk us through what they are, what they're all about and how, um, how our audience here can, can find them and learn from them. So mine and Jason's podcast is the real estate investing podcast or the real estate investing foundation podcast, um, with Jason and Peely. Uh, it is, we have, we have episodes come out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Monday is our multifamily Mondays. And we that's when we talk all about multifamily, getting into it, what we've learned. Um, Jason and I currently have a 94 unit in Kentucky, and we have a few other things under contract right now. Um, and that is, that's just been an amazing blessing in our life to have wrapped our minds around and gotten into the mindset of, a large multifamily investor. We also have a meetup in New Jersey every second Tuesday in Westfield, New Jersey. If any of your listeners are listening from New Jersey and want to come, um, we can also, I'll give you the information for that um, every second Tuesday. 
And then on Wednesdays, we have our long form interviews where we interview everyone from a syndicator to a first time flipper to a wholesaler to anybody that we feel that we can that can add value to everybody's life because our main goal is to provide our listeners with a foundation to start their businesses or anybody that's actually in the industry to shore up their foundations, to give them, to basically just add value to an industry that's given us so much. And then our Fridays are our foundation inspection Fridays, kind of like the story I just told you. We like to share things that have happened to us and or things that we've learned and to like kind of inspect our own foundation and how we can better ourselves and kind of just open that up to the community that we, uh, that we belong to. So our, our podcast has been, has been such a blessing to us. And I hope, I hope it's a blessing to everybody, everybody out there that can listen. Yeah. Check it out. I was, uh, I was honored to be a guest a couple months back now, I guess, but, yeah. um, you guys do a, do that was a, great, a great podcast. I uh, appreciate it. It was, it was a lot of fun to be on it, but you guys do a, do a great job. Um, and, and I like the variety, right? So everything from focus around multifamily to more general information that can be useful for the beginner all the way up through, you know, the experienced real estate investor. And then everyone loves a good use case, uh, story or what have you. So, um, mm -hmm. you guys are covering all bases there. That's awesome. So what about, uh, so other than the podcast, if, if someone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to, to someone someone to reach out. I think you guys have a website, anything, any other yep. places people should be checking, checking uh, well, it we, out. We do have our, our podcast, but if you want to get, um, get a hold of us, there's our website, yerusiholdings.com, or you can email me at Pili, P I L I at yerusiholdings.com and, or info at yerusiholdings.com. That might be a little easier for everybody to, to remember. And that's probably the best way to get a hold of me is really email Check her out an email, uh, check Peely and Jason's podcast out, um, REI Foundation podcast. It's great. Peely, this is awesome. Thanks so much for being with Thank us you. today. Learned a lot. I'm going to try to summarize some of the key, key points that I, I got out of this. This is, this is my, um, my selfishness of learning from different people. <laughs> um, I think, I think a couple of things, the first one was like, you said you guys got started with mentors and continue to leverage mentors, right? Learning from others, I think is a, a, a big thing in this business. Um, Key. you know, and, and part of the show is like, you can't plan for everything. So you might as well try to learn as much as you can from other people that are out there. And I think kind of a, a, a something that goes along with that you, you talked about was the power of partnership. So whether that's your actual business partners, whether it be a significant other or just a business partner, um, you got to have good ones. Right. And I think, um, being aligned philosophically with people is super important. And you mentioned that we have, we have a good saying here, like we've got to be aligned philosophically. We can, we can argue and debate strategy and tactics, which I think is healthy for partnerships. Um, but you gotta be aligned, I think philosophically, which is super important. Um, and the other one I love that you, you talked a lot about was communicating, right? And the good and the bad over communicate solves a lot of problems. Yes. Um, we, we, where we sit as lenders, typically when deals go bad on us as lenders, it's partnership problems and it's because they're not communicating with each other. It's like 99% of the time when we're taking back a property, which we don't like to do because the partners aren't communicating well. So, um, 
focus that early and often and it's going to save you a lot of headache headache down the road those were my points did i miss anything you think worth uh no i think you i think you got all the points down packed i mean really leverage people um don't forget to ask for it don't like try to don't forget to ask for help um don't try to reinvent the wheel yep um, there's, I mean, there's so much, there's so much that, I mean, for any beginning investor out there that you'll be able to learn and just take it one step at a time. And for all of your, uh, more, I guess, invested investors, uh, you know, there's always something new to learn. I feel like I learn something new every single day and just kind of, you know, how they say, try to add value everywhere you go. Don't forget to be open to the value that comes your way. Yep. Totally. Open mind. Well, this was awesome. Thanks again, Peely. Really appreciate the time um, and good luck with that project. Hopefully, it turns out all right for you. I'm going to keep an eye on that one. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, it's going to be it's going to be just fine. We're about to yes. we're about to finish it. Like I said, we can still make money on this project, and if we don't, it's going to be our first loss. And even though it's not going to be really a loss because we've done the numbers in such a way that you know we'll still make money on my commission. So. There you go. So even always a loss a isn't, it's always going to be a win in my book. There's always a win. The, the <laughs> eternal optimist. That's what you got to be in this business. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the key thing is all of our, all of our lenders will still make money on it. So there's that. That's, that's what matters. <laughs> Keep the lenders happy always. <laughs> well, thanks again. And thank you all for listening. Um, you know, for more, uh, for more great resources, also check out fundthatflip.com. We've got a bunch of blog posts, white papers, and other things in addition to um, more real estate investing unscripted episodes. Otherwise, look forward to having you all back next time. Otherwise, your host, Matt Rodak, signing off. Mm-hmm.